Okay, welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Okay, so this podcast, and this is the third in this week, and what it is is that Jep, ha- Jep and I haven't caught up with a pre-season discussion so far this year, so we thought we would invite you into our first chat for the year and make some podcasts out of it. So here we go, Jep. Um, our third podcast this year, we're going to talk about the draft and those players of interest uh, that we have on our watch list that we think can make an impact for this year only. So you've got some long-termers in that draft that are pretty healthy, I think. Uh, but from our perspective, we're talking single season, we're talking AFL fantasy overall ranking, and we're talking uh, 2021 draft and 10 players uh, in no particular order, Jeb. So list your 10 players that you have got a massive watch on to start the season. So, yeah, the top 10 for me um, from last year's draft is Horn Francis, mm-hmm. Josh Sin, Nick Dacos, again, no particular order, uh, Finn Callahan, Campbell Chester, my man, Greg Clark, Josh Rochelle, Neil Erasmus, Angus Sheldrick, and Josh Ward. Yeah, for me, it's Horn Francis there. Uh, I think he should see plenty of time uh, at AFL level this year. Yep, and we got Nick Dankos there. Um, just watching him through into preseason, man, he's he's a type of player that he, he gives a handball off and his hand goes straight in the air to get it back. <laughs> man, uh, it's just quite it was quite funny to see. It's like, yep, yeah, I'm available, I'm open, I'm free, and you got to love to see that from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but you know, if spots spots are tight in the Collingwood team to start with, so just keep an eye on that. But I think he's going to put up some pretty decent numbers there, Jeb. So he's just an accumulator, and I think. You know, we should see some special scores this year. Uh, Josh Rochelle for me again. Yeah, that's right. Same as you. So I think he should see plenty of opportunities this season. Uh, Josh Ward for me. He just actually looks elite, Jeb. I think he's uh, going to see yeah. some midfield opportunities there as well at Hawthorne. So uh, he's a strong selection for me. Uh, Neil Erasmus for Fremantle. So obviously now Valenti is retired and Johnson is now injured for Fremantle. So... We've got some other prospects to go into that three man on midfield. Adam Chera's gone out. So a big watch on Erasmus uh, early in the season for the Dockers. Uh, Josh Sin, he's just running a market Port Adelaide pre-season apparently, so he's doing well. So keep an eye on him, especially early in the year. I think Ben Hobbs is going to get a pretty decent go at Essendon uh, throughout the year. I know the Essendon midfield is quite deep, but I think Hobbs is uh, going to be that good that he's going to see opportunities at AFL level, and I think through the midfielder as well. Angus Sheldrick, um, he's an inside mid- midfielder out of WA Jep, so you might have heard about him a little bit, So, but uh, he's a smaller type mid, but what's going to happen this year in his first season, he's going to play forward, but he's an inside midfielder, so he's going to get some contested type ball there, and I think uh, Longmire's going to love him quite early. Uh, so he's one there for me to watch out for, especially early, early in the season. So he's tracking well at this stage. Uh, Garrett McDonough, so he's a mature age rookie from uh, coming into Essendon. So he could see opportunities out of that defensive unit for the Bombers. Keep a check on him. And Greg Clark, obviously, from, from the Eagles, Jep. So big watch on his potential uh, debut early in the season for West Coast. Your thoughts on any one of those that you talked about or I that you want to elaborate on? Um, look, I think the guys, it's its all about the job security. So if we're picking the guys with the job security, again, COVID year, we know what's coming. Horn Francis, Dacos, 
Chessa, Clark, Rochelle, I think Erasmus is there, and Josh Ward. They're, they're the picks that have the best um, job security this year, in my opinion. Um, we Look, honestly, we think we, we've got a pretty good idea of how their roles are going to be for most of them and how they're going to go, but ultimately there's going to be a surprise packet um, in there and along there somewhere. So we just keep a, a watch on it. I feel like the rookies have dictated a lot of our structures this year. You know, there's a lot with Horn Francis and Dacos as um, M7 and M8, um, with a couple of mid-prices sprinkled in over there as well with their primos. So I think I feel like it's the uh, uh, first time in a long time we've got some assurity with our rooks um, and our first-year rooks. So, oh, yeah, on, yeah. It, I, and look, I, I've been blowing... Um, the trumpet of Campbell Chesser loud and hard. When he when we drafted him, when West Coast drafted him, look, I didn't see it coming, um, but I easily did the research on him. Then I quickly understood why they went so hard at him. So he, he's got a big role to play at West Coast this year, no doubt about it. But it's as an outside mid um, with a sprinkling of inside play. Greg Clark, mature body as well, potential if injuries do hit West Coast. And look, I'm <laughs> um, sure he went to his first concept, uh, contest in a match sim in, in the clearance and um, and tweaked something. So Greg Clark potentially has a, a big role to play this year as well. So like I said, um, lots of assurity with the Rooks this year. And I feel like, yeah, it's it's more you can, you know, we're all going to pick the expensive ones along the way, um, you know, and Jossin and Chessa, they come into that, Josh Ward as well. But I feel like they're all worth it. I feel like they're all worth the extra spend, and and you know don't don't panic too much about spending that extra money. It's it's about job security in a year like we are about to get into. Um, yeah, so look, if I'm going to pick one of the bunch and who's going to score the highest, I think no doubt Nick Dacos, like you said, just hungry for the ball, got that swagger, wants to um wants to play well and wants to make a name for himself um straight away. So. Yeah, I can see Nick Dacos really pushing 75-plus this year comfortably as a fantasy yeah. score. Yeah, just keep an eye out. I wonder if he does it in actual games, as in once he's at AFL level. So as soon as he gives off the ball, watch and see if he puts his hand up straight away. That's just a telltale sign that, you know, give me the ball back. It's me, you know, that type of player. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see if he brings that into his game at AFL level. So a, a couple of points here I want to make, Jeff. So... The Victorian-based players, New South Wales-based players, um, heavily impacted on their you know, year 16, year 17 years of age with regards to games played because of COVID, yeah? Yeah. So minimal games, minimal games, back-to-back years, 16, 17-year-olds. So, you know, those guys you know, drafted out of Victoria, and you really got to do your research here. And I've got articles up uh, on AFR ratings with regards to the full draft list, and you can click into those links. You can see where they're recruited out of. So those those guys recruited out of Victoria, New South Wales, and, and the likes like that. You know, minimal games. You know, are they going to blow up early in the season? Are they chance for an early early uh, rest in the season? You know, can they can they last the game? You know, obviously we know that you know experienced players it takes it takes a long time to build a tank to play AFL level uh, at a high rate. Uh, consistently week in, week out. 
the younger players, it takes a little bit more time, you know, two or three pre-seasons. So if you think about that and you think backtrack to the year 16 and 17, that these guys, you know, they haven't completed, you know, an 18-game season, back-to-back seasons going into, now on an AFL list. So really take that into account. So players like Erasmus out of Fremel, you know, he, he they played last year. Sheldrick out of, you know, into the Swans. You know, he played last year. Horn Francis out of South Australia. You know, he played last year. And we've yeah. also seen his high Highlights. You know, if we're talking about players out of Victoria, you know, that have gone into the Victorian clubs and into other clubs around around town, around Australia, I should say, you know, you might want to start to think about, you know, out of Victoria, how many games have you got into? Have you got a, enough pre-season loads? You know, and, and, and like I'm from Melbourne, I live in Melbourne, you know, been heavily impacted with lockdowns and that. And, you know, are these guys ready to, you know, smash in their week in, week out? You know, Nick Dacos, I think, is... is but, you know, if, you want him, if you're want if you 50-50 on a player and you go, you know what, he's out of, you know, it's Horn Francis, you know, he played full season, or it's some, some other player that I'm, you know, it's him or it's him, you know, potentially I could be leaning to the player who's played a full pre-season, full season last year, did a full pre-season at their club and is ready to go, rather than, you know, year 16, five games, year 17, six games, full pre-season, you know, I'm going to get a rest in two weeks. Your thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, look, it, what you're saying is making complete sense. And, and unfortunately, having the medical sub is is going to throw us. You yeah. know, it's going to throw the cash generation. Um, and there's a player, you know, all those other young players, any young player can can be thrown into that medical sub role um, for their week off or, or whatever, potential week off, yeah. depending yeah. on what happens. So, yeah, it's going to throw... Um, Chaos again to us, and we're going to get a few curveballs. I'm going to put a question to you pretty early in in this pod: is is how many first year players are you running with in your starting 22? Yeah, it was a good question. I was almost I thought about that a couple of weeks ago to ask you, but um, yeah, forgot about it. So that's a great question. How many first year players in my squad? Now I'm one. I'm 29 players in, so um, I don't have enough cash for my last player. So I'm sitting there one player short. So take that into account. Yep. So, so you're talking entire squad or on field? No, on field. On Radio. field. And first year players drafted. So into the system for the first year. So in the back line, one and two. So I've got two, uh, two in the midfield. Um, and that's it. So okay, four. so you got four. Yep. So I, I've got three, and one of them's Greg Clark. At the moment, okay, so he's a harder body. Um, the other two are obvious, Nick Dacos and, and Torn Francis, because... I don't know Torn Francis. Yeah, okay, interesting. So, yeah, there's there's a ploy there. But, look, each of the strategies, just staying on, on these first few players, you know I love making notes throughout the season. And, and last year and the year before, two big takeaways was limiting first few players on your starting 22. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm big on this. And mm-hmm. Pete, there are coaches out there that are big on the guns and rook strategy, and I'm not. And you've just told us why. Because they, they haven't had full pre-seasons, most of these youngsters. Um, they're going to have their time managed and their role managed. Okay, So we, we've got to be very, very careful on, on how we play it. Okay, So, look, I... At the moment, Chesser is is my um, D7, and I've had him at D6. Just I want that depth. I want the depth, and 
you know, I can hear the listeners screaming down 260-odd K on the bench. No, that's that's what it's getting to. Um, this is this is what I'm planning for. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to take out of it, and I'm really trying to limit um, those first few players. Like, there's an, another example I want to throw out is Elijah Hollands. And again, not a first-year player, but... A lot of them have him at F6. Is he going to have the impact, you know, consistently? Is he going to score 65-plus? I don't think he's going to. So we need to consider all of this with our first-year players, and um, I think it can't be a strategy that can be undermined by the coaches and our listeners. Yeah, one one for the po- from the positive for the 2021 AFL drafts, uh, I know I just mentioned that players to keep an eye out from where they were drafted and how many games they played in, in year 16, year 17. But one positive from that draft, uh, I, I think it's a quality draft, Jeb. I think I think I, I don't think I've seen a draft and that go that deep that players that are ready for the AFL. So I think it's a quality draft, and I think you know potentially in a couple of years' time we go, wow, you know the, the player went there, and, and it's potentially was going to happen anyway, because obviously limited game time and what players see, you know, so we're going to see a player that you know potentially in the 40s we go, well, he should have been a top 10 pick. That's going to happen. But what I'm yeah. saying, what I'm saying is across the board, I don't think I've ever seen a squad, that's, uh, you know, 65 players, whatever there was, that uh, you know. That's a pretty decent squad to choose from. I thought, I thought it was a pretty impressive draft, Chip. Yeah, and look, we've said it um, in our pods all this week that um, debt's going to be tested. So it's just how, how often you know a, a first-year player is going to get games. Obviously, if we've got Erasmus playing rounds one, two, and three, has week four off, comes back week five, week six, but then medical sub week seven, you know, that's just frustrating as hell. So... I'm trying to limit these first-year players, even though the quality is there. And I 100% agree with you. The quality is there, for sure. All right, so check out aflratings.com.au. I went through and reviewed every single player that got drafted last year, Jeff. So uh, I did not I know. I've, I've seen it, mate. Yeah. Get, don't you think I haven't clicked on it? I, I see the list. It's, um, mate, and while I, just quickly, your work in the off-season just keeps on you just keep smashing it mate so well done and thank you because i'd go on to aflratings.com.au and i look go in the search player and i put in a player that's on my watch list and i say what has pete got what's the news on him i know pete's covered him and sure enough you have uh yeah just grinding it out keep grinding it out and then uh out there helping the people so and that will continue big year this year but anyway so let's move on so um so click onto those links on the website and the review of every player that got drafted. So it's not only, uh, and Chip and I talk about single season AFL fantasy overall, but not only that, a bit of an analysis of what I think the future lies for that particular player. Because I'm telling you, Jeb, there are a couple of players in there that we might not even see this year that, you know, they could be absolutely dynamite. There's, there's one player for North Melbourne and there's one player for... GWS that we may not even see this year, but I reckon they're going to be elite. And there's one player from Port Adelaide that I think it, it could, you know, he could smash it. Maybe even this this year, but I think he's going to take a time. But I think he's going to be dynamite for Port Adelaide. So, 
yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see where this draft goes uh, in the coming years. But yeah, there's a couple of diamonds in that draft that I'm just looking at and I go, oh my god, how, how they went that peak. But I, I fully understand because we've had COVID impacted uh, 2020 and 2021. That you know that you know players, teams have selected certain players based on a, a needs basis or how they've ranked them. But you know what I can see into the future for some some of these players, Jeb. I just see just elite. Your thoughts there? Yeah, mate, it's um, it's a very exciting, but like any any career, it takes time, and and they're going to peak at different times. And you know, Schoenberg's probably a good example. I think even though he's he's not up there in the fantasy picks um, for this year, don't take away his impact um, for the Adelaide Football Club. Um, he he's going to be a player. For, there's no doubt about it. So. Yeah, look, um, obviously the Josh Sins of the world, we, we all know. Uh, hopefully the Campbell Chesapeake pays off. The Sheldrick one was a bit of a surprise, but you can sort of see what Sydney were thinking there. Yeah. Um, even going deep, 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 the thing that about the draft that I sort of scratched my head at was um, in the 40s when the Crows picked Zach Taylor yeah. when Arlo Draper was still there. So mm. what does that tell yeah. you about Zach, Zach Taylor? You know, you got a Arlo Draper that was rated, you know, early 20s effectively, um, still available at 44, and, um, and they've gone with Zach Taylor. So, yeah, some interesting diamonds in the rough, as you put it. Um, and, look, let's hope a couple come on for, for cash generation's sake this year for the fantasy. Yeah, Draper went to Collingwood in the end, which was fantastic. He did, the next so, pick, yeah. yeah so, uh, But uh, McDonough, we mentioned him, so uh, the, the comments out of Essendon straight away after he got drafted, you know, he's ready to go. So I think there's upside. I did the review on um, Essendon's uh, AFL Fantasy season preview uh, the other day, and there is upside in this Essendon list, Jep. So uh, McDonough could be a, a part of that early, so, you know, potentially he could score well and he's, he's going to be pretty cheap there as well but yeah Greg Clark for the Eagles uh, could see early opportunities there yeah. and obviously mature age so there's one there as well but yeah there's some uh, there's some players that have been picked later that you know, I'm really looking at and I'm going oh my god you could be anything so hopefully they develop well and They'll be part of our fantasy squad in the future, Jeff. So any other thoughts heading into the preseason so far based on the AFL draft? And I'm just going to ask you a couple of players before you answer that question. So Horn sure. Francis, at this stage, yes or no? Oh, no, absolutely, yes. Um, and it's more the fact that I know he's going to be a forward in, in round six. Like, mm. that, that appeals to me uh, uh, quite a lot. I, I've got, you know, and let's take the common denominator, a lot of coaches have Will Brody, F5, F6, or F4, whatever it is. Imagine flipping. So Will Brody gets on, earns his cash, probably tops out. He's not going to be a top six forward, I wouldn't have thought. Maybe he pushed to that if his role is there. But assume he's not. You can flip Horn Francis to your forward line and um, and so trade up Will mid, yeah. Brody to a primo mid pretty damn early in the, in, in the game too. Um and the winner from two years ago had a full midfield by round eight, I eight, believe. Eight or nine, yeah. yeah. Right. So these are in my notes. Like these sort of things are in my notes. So Horn Francis to me, I know he's an extra hundred K and yes, I've played with it too. I played with it the extra hundred grand and not having him in my side. But ultimately at the end of the day, job security, scoring potential, 
um, and then throw in some DPP forward line action, it's um, it's a yes. Yeah, at this stage I don't have him in, so it's a no for me, but I think at round one I'm going to have him in there, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I think we're both strong on Nick Dacos, yes? Yeah, look, I, I'm pretty confident he'll be the highest scoring um, pick from the 20, 2021 draft. Yeah. All right, so final thoughts out of the draft from last year, heading into the rest of the preseason chip. Oh, it's, it's just looking at role, where they fit, you know, do your best 22 sort of predictions each side. You know, again, it's pick the players that have the job security. Um, Rochelle is another one that probably is not going to score the most. We, we know that, but I would think he's playing 90% of games this year, no doubt about it. Um, and he's a quality player as well. He, he I think... People don't realise how good Rochelle actually is. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it's a case-by-case basis, obviously. It's just role, how they're travelling pre-season. Do they have the fitness block under them um, and, and see where they fit and, and, yeah, run with it. Any relevant news, you know where to look. It'll be on the AFR Ratings Network for sure because we just give out the information and then... Once you're fully informed, you can make decisions from there. So that will be fully on there. Uh, the podcast schedule for the rest of the preseason, Jep. So we're going to be a little bit scattered over the place. And then once we hit the season proper, we're going to lock into a certain day to produce this podcast. Until then, so that's it for this podcast, Jep. So we will get into some other preseason pods soon. So until then, keep a lookout for news. And thanks for joining us, Jep, on this podcast. Thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon.